Welcome back to another episode of High Schooled. Today's episode is going to be part of our Murderous Person series. Today's episode is going to be going over Jacqueline Cochran. Cochran was one of the most prominent female pilots of her time. Cochran was a female pilot. She was part of the 99's Wing for Britain and part of the Women's Air Force Service Pilots, also known as WASP, as the wartime head. As I said before, she pioneered women's aviation as one of the most prominent racing pilots of her generation. She set numerous records, and she was the first woman to break the sound barrier in 1953. Now that you guys have had a little brief introduction over Jacqueline, let's go into some of her earlier life. Jacqueline was born under the name Bessie Lee Pittman in Pensacola in 1906. She was the youngest of five children. And in 1920, she was only 13 or 14 at the time, she married Robert Cochran and gave birth to her son. Her son had a very short life. He, he died when he was only the age of five in 1925. Eventually, she ended her marriage with Robert, but she kept the name Cochran and she began using Jacqueline as her first name. Jacqueline had always denied her family and her past, but still stayed in touch with them. She always instructed them to always say that she was adopted by them. Cochrane wanted to hide her past from the public and did a great job of this until she died. Now let's get into the next chapter of her life. So in the early 1930s, Jacqueline was offered a ride in an aircraft and this is what kickstarted the aviation chapter of her life. After this ride, Cochrane began taking flying lessons in Roosevelt Airfield, Long Island. She learned to fly an aircraft in only three weeks and was even able to make her first solo flight in only a few hours of her learning. So let's get into some of her racing career because not only did she do good things during the wars, she also did great things during her racing career, setting a lot of records and winning a lot of races as a female pilot. Cochrane had always been interested in air racing. From her earliest days as a pilot, she had always been into air racing. Her first race was the Mac Robertson Air Race in 1934, and she was one of only three women to compete in this race. And in 1937, she was the only woman to compete in the Bendix race, and she worked with Amelia Earhart to open this race to women after the fact. And this same year, she also set a new women's world speed record. See, Jacqueline had always been a very controversial pilot in the women's world. In 1938, she was widely considered the best female pilot in the United States. The list just goes on and on. This same year, in 1938, she won the Bendix this time when she competed. She set multiple transcontinental speed records and altitude records. She also won five Harmon trophies and was and still is called the Speed Queen. And at the time of her death, no other pilot held more speed, distance, or altitude records in aviation history other than Cochrane. To add on to that, in 1940, Cochrane broke the 2,000km international speed record and the 100km national record. She also went on to win the Minneapolis Air Classic Award as the Outstanding Woman Pilot and received her third of four trophies she would go on to win from the Women's NAA as the Outstanding Women Pilot. She won these trophies in 38, 39, 40, and then she went on to win it in 41 as well. One of the organizations that Jacqueline was a part of is called the 99s. 
The 99s is an international organization that provides networking, mentoring, and flight scholarship opportunities to recreational and professional female pilots. Although Jacqueline was not a founding member, she was one of the most influential members to be a part of the 99s. And in 1941, General Hap Arnold asked her to go to England to study the program of women pilots flying with the Royal Air Force, where she joined the Wings for Britain and the British Air Transport Auxiliary, where she worked for months. The British Air Transport Auxiliary was a British civilian organization set up during the Second World War that ferried new, repaired, and damaged military aircraft between factories, assembled assembly plants, transatlantic delivery points, and active service squadrons. She was also part of the Wings for Britain, which was an organization that ferried American-built aircrafts to Britain. And while she was a part of this group, she became the first woman ever to fly a bomber, specifically a Lockheed Hudson 5 across the Atlantic Ocean. While in Britain, her job was recruiting qualified women pilots in the United States. She would take them over to England, where they would join the ATA, the British Air Transport Auxiliary, and she began climbing the ranks doing so, all the way up to the rank flight captain now into probably her most controversial organization that she was a part of, the Women's Air Force Service Pilots, also known as WASP. So, in 1942, the United States was faced with a serious problem. The United States had a shortage of pilots, and leaders gambled on some type of way to help fill this void. And the way that they filled this void was by training women to fly military aircraft so men could be released to combat overseas. There was only about 1,100 women trained for this role. And at the time, this program was expected to be part of the military and stay a part of the military, but it was canceled after only two years. And they weren't granted military status until the 1970s. Jacqueline had always made an effort to get a women's flying division in the Air Force. In September of 1939, Jacqueline wrote to Eleanor Roosevelt with the proposal to start a women's flying division in the Army Air Forces. That same year, she also wrote a letter to Lieutenant Colonel Robert Olds, who was helping organize the Air Corps Fairing Command for the Air Corps at the time. Olds told her to determine how many pilots there were in the United States and their key stats such as personal information, flying times, their interest in flying for the country, and their skills of course. But even though she was sent to do all of that, the real person who needed convincing that women were the solution to these problems was Lieutenant General H. Henry Arnold. He knew that women were being used successfully in the ATA in England. So Arnold suggested that Cochrane take a group of qualified female pilots to see how the British were doing. And he also promised her that no decisions regarding women flying in the United States Air Force would be made until she returned with this information. So she used the data that she collected earlier from Olds and she took 75 of the most qualified female pilots and herself of course to fly for the ETA. But out of all these 75, only 25 of them passed the test and successfully joined the ATA in Britain. So after all of Cochrane's experience in Britain, 
she was convinced and she knew that women pilots could be trained to do much more than just ferrying. And in August of 1943, the Women Air Force Service Pilots, WASP, was created with Cochrane as the director and Nancy Love as the head of the ferrying division. As the director, Jacqueline supervised the training of hundreds of women pilots in Sweetwater, Texas, from August 1943 to December of 1944, when the program was shut down. But Jacqueline was awarded a Distinguished Service Medal in 1945 for her wartime service. She was the first woman civilian to receive the DSM, the Distinguished Service Medal. The, D the DSM was the highest non-combat award presented by the United States government at the time. Now that we've covered pretty much everything during the war, we can talk a little bit about Jacqueline after the war. At the end of the war, Cochrane was hired by a magazine to report on global post-war events. In this role, she witnessed Japanese General Tomoyuki Yamashita's surrender in the Philippines and was the first non-Japanese woman to enter Japan after this war as well. Not only that, but she also attended the Nuremberg trials in Germany. These trials were 13 trials between 1945 and 1949 held under international law and the laws of wars. She also, on September 9, 1948, joined the United States Air Force Reserve as a lieutenant colonel, and she retired from this role in 1970. Jacqueline was the first, the very first woman pilot in the United States Air Force. She received three more awards of the Distinguished Flying Cross for various achievements from 1947 to 1964. Now I'll give a little talk about some of the flying records that she achieved. In 1952, at the age of 47, she attempted to set a new world speed record for women. And on May 18, 1953, Jacqueline set a new 100 kilometer speed record of 1,050.15 kilometers per hour. This would translate into 670 miles per hour. On May 18, 1953, at Rogers Dry Lake, California, this was a very special day for Cochrane. Cochrane flew the Sabre 3 at an average speed of 652.337 miles per hour. During this, the Sabre went supersonic and she became the first woman ever to break the sound barrier. Cochrane was the first woman to take off and land from an aircraft carrier. She was the first woman to pilot a bomber across the North Atlantic and later fire a jet craft on the transatlantic flight. The first woman to ever make a blind landing. She was the only woman ever to be president of, Federa of the Federation Aeronautic International. She was the first woman to fly a fixed-wing jet craft across the Atlantic. She was the first pilot to fly above 20,000 feet with an oxygen mask. She was the first woman to enter the Bendix transcontinental race, and she still holds more distance and speed records than any pilot living or dead, male or female. One final thing to add would be an organization called Mercury 13. In the 1960s, the Mercury 13 program was an early effort to test the ability of women to be astronauts. Cochrane was a sponsor of this program, of course. 
13 women pilots passed the same preliminary test as the male astronauts of the Mercury program before the program was canceled. On the 17th and 18th of July 1962, Representative Victor Anfuso convened public hearings before a special subcommittee of the House Committee on Science and Astronautics to determine whether or not the exclusion of women from the astronaut program was discriminatory, during which John Glenn and Scott Carpenter testified against admitting women to the astronaut program. Cochran argued against bringing women into the space program, saying that time was of the essence and moving forward as planned was the only way to beat the Soviets in the space race. So she actually went against bringing women into the space program just to make sure that the Soviets would not win the space race. But nevertheless, these hearings investigated the possibility of gender discrimination. And these hearings were two years before the civil rights of 1964 made that illegal making these hearings a marker of how ideas about women's rights existed in political discourse even before they were enshrined in laws, meaning that these hearings were influenced to these Civil Rights Act in 1964, making those illegal. That's pretty much about everything that Jacqueline Cochran did in her lifetime. I know it's a lot, and you can tell why she's definitely deserving of this podcast because I'm sure many people listening do not know of Jacqueline Cochran. Jacqueline Cochran was probably the most controversial female pilot of all time, of not only during the war but also in her racing career, where she set multiple records, and also after in the space race with Mercury 13 and women becoming astronauts. So thank you again for listening to my podcast. And I know it was a lot of information, but I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. And also, if you're interested in listening to other podcasts like this one, check out our page, High Schooled, for more podcasts. We have a a Meritorious Person series, and we're also going to be adding many more series in the near future. Thank you again, and I hope you enjoyed. Thank you.